0: Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie and I'm Marin. Hi. Hi. My life is a is a dumpster fire. Same. <laughs> same, same, same. Um, we're we're doing it live. We're recording, we're recording on, a on a Friday. I might have a kidney infection. I shoved a mini cupcake in my mouth. You had lucky charms for breakfast. Trash can fire. Oh. That's what's happening. Positive things in my life right now though include one. We went to Din Tai Fung and had so many dumplings. And I know. Spent, I thought, am I fangirling over that? I'm fangirling over that. But I've been there dumplings. before. I know, but I had not. And we walked there, and I got to meet your best friend. So I'm fangirling all of, over all of those things because all of them were delightful. Also, I'm fangirling over the fact that we're going to a Troop Beverly Hills and pre-fangirling
1: mm-hmm. event.
0: All of these things are trying to right the ship of my trash can fire life. Um, <laughs> just been, it's been a time. I don't know what's happening too much at once. It has been a real time. Um, I spent the past like five days with my friend uh-huh. and but yeah, I was still going up, to work. So literal was, slumber like party. having a slumber party at her hotel and then going to work. It was very messy, like Ubering and stuff, but it was fun. I'm actually fangirling over the bed at the Sheridan <laughs> Universal. Shout I miss out Sheridan you Universal. so much. You were so fluffy. So fluffy so fluffy those king beds and then you got to like live your robe life yeah i was just in a robe watching mtv's catfish oh my god eating dessert i told you he lives in my neighborhood i've seen him multiple (sighs) times um no but (laughs) i remembered when i said eating dessert in the bed of my robe after we had din taifeng we postmated cookies (gasps) it was great you did just like like not Packaged cookies, but you know when you go to a Seven Eleven or something, and they're yeah. like the wrapped ones at the counter. Oh yeah, someone brought us those. They're like appropriately it was great. squishy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of high school. We used to rifle through the cookies that were like Ooh, to pick stacked the softest to, ones. Yeah, to pick the one that was like one step away from salmonella. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was like oh yeah, perfect. I know. And then you're just like yes, this is what I want. That's why I love those Otis Spunkmeyer cookies where they just heat them up, but everyone only heats them up halfway because that's the way to do it. I just like it's moments like this. Like I just really appreciate you and our friendship because I'm just like, wow, how was I able to find someone that's as fancy trash as me? <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, uh, you just you get it. No judgment. Yeah, love it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We have another brat packer. Can I just say I not that not too excited for this week's babe. I turns out I don't know much about this person. Yeah. Turns out maybe this person was more boring than tame. And Tame. good. Tame is the better word. A good, regular person. A a good, tame. Yeah. And this person had all the right to not be tame. Could right? become his brother. We're talking Emilio Estevez. Now, so, like, I learned a lot about Emilio Estevez. The first thing I learned, though, is in the actual Brat Pack article that comes from the New York Magazine. Yes. He is deemed, like, the king of the Brat Pack. Why? That is my... Then going through and learning I don't all this, think, I'm like... It's weird. I don't think of him at all, maybe fifth down the list, if you were, like, name some Brat Packers. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I just... Yeah, he was, like... You know, kind of the social connector. Like, he also, though, I did not know this, and we will get into it, had a lot of aspirations for, like, screenwriter, director. Like, he was really hustling in a way that I did not anticipate. Yeah. He's living his dreams, I guess. He is living his dreams. So he was, he's a New York boy. I didn't know that. Again, I think all these people just, like, grew up in Malibu. Yes. Um, I mean, they moved there. But, so he's born in Staten Island. He's the oldest- of the sheen estevez kids so martin sheen's real name is ramon estevez i did not know that i wonder if people in real life call him ramon i don't think they do like i'm thinking about him and grace and frankie and being like oh hey ramon like i don't it's just what okay no. sure so his siblings are ramon Charlie Sheen, obviously, and then Renee. So Charlie's the only one that goes by Sheen, mm-hmm. um, although he's Carlos Estevez. <laughs> um, and then all the other kids are Ramon Estevez, Renee Estevez. Yeah. Um, his, is Ramon the favorite because he gets to be named after his dad? Well, like, why wouldn't you name the oldest? Why yeah. isn't Emilio Ramon? Mm-hmm. That was confusing to me Emilio well. Estevez is a great name. Yes, which is partially why he did not want to change it or take his dad's stage name because Emilio he likes. Emilio Sheen? No, no. He likes the assonance. Yes. The E. The ee. I love that. <laughs> no. You know, I love some assonance. Me too. <laughs> why is that on a t-shirt? We need to make those t-shirts. Um... <laughs> I love assonance. So, he, you know, he started school in New York, and then they move to Malibu, or they move to California, essentially, um, because his dad was cast in Catch-22. Yeah. That's when he goes mm-hmm. to Santa Monica. That's when That's he meets, when he meets all... everybody. That's when, when he meets his... all his friends. His career doesn't take off, but he's already interested. He's already interested. He's already, in high school, he, like, wrote a play about a nom vet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I know. Because that's what you do as a teen. Well, and the reason—I think he got interested because of Apocalypse Now. Yes. I said uh, that—I made that a note because in later movies, there's more Nam references. Mm -hmm. And so he was on the set of Apocalypse Now. He was actually filmed, but his scenes got uh, cut. Yeah. So it didn't work out. So his dad's, you know, doing the thing. And then he's just like, wow, now I'm very interested in Vietnam. Um, So he comes back. He writes this play. Like, they perform it. And that's when Martin Sheen is like— Oh, wait, what? You're like, one of us. You're one of us. You're, you're an actor. You're an actor. Um, so he moves in there. He has a role in uh, a movie called Badlands, uncredited again. Yeah, Badlands. Then we go big deal TV, Insights, then another CBS sitcom, Making the Grade. Only lasted a year. And then the movie Tex. Do I need to be reading S.E. Hinton books? Apparently. Like, I had no idea all of these, all of these yeah, movies so were novels. this was based novels. on a book. Mm-hmm. It was his big breakout role, which then led to another TV movie, because you aren't an actor in the 80s unless you're doing 12 TV movies. 12 TV movies. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And then we get another S.E. Hinton book, The Outsiders. So he's 2 Matthews. And, again, so all these just, like— A babe, attractive people in this movie. And it's all their first roles. Like, who? How? It's, this movie, in a way. What casting director had that vision? I'm going to make a crazy comparison. Okay. It's almost like a freaks and geeks situation where it's like, here's all these youths who we think are great and attractive, cut to 20 years later, and they're like (laughs) the biggest stars in the world. Like, good on that person. I mean, yeah. All right. Thanks for accepting um, his my character. Reference. <laughs> always wore a Mickey Mouse shirt. That's mm-hmm. what I remember about him in this movie. Um, and he watched cartoons. <laughs> That's it. That's. I mean, uh, date me. I don't know. I guess that In the book, Tubit is six feet tall. Emilio Estevez, not. Yeah. Let's talk about the height here. So The internet says that he is five seven. Which so this fact that I found they wanted some are in the book he's six feet tall. He was only five six and a half. I feel like he's even shorter than that. So if my high school volleyball program will tell you anything, <laughs> I was five ten. I'm five seven. So I'm thinking Emilio Estevez is like five four. Wow. Nothing no. wrong with that. No. But he just he doesn't come across as a tall man. No. And to say and he's people are five, always seven, shorter in person, always shorter in person. Um, did you ever listen to that podcast where it was all about trying to figure out how tall Jake Gyllenhaal was? <laughs> no, but we've talked about it on here maybe <laughs> you more than once. Need to listen to it because it's amazing. And he's actually as tall as he says he is. And I've seen Jake Gyllenhaal in person; he's taller than you expect. By the way, Jake Gyllenhaal will come up later in this podcast. But <laughs> I don't believe that Amelia Westvez is five seven or five six I don't really either. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, say how tall you are. It's just, not preventing just you. Say it. Just say it. It's just not... say how tall you are. Say how, how old you are. Just be honest. Just be honest. Like no one you're getting roles. Like we're only talking about your height because you're famous. Guess who's yeah. not talking about my height? Everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's no someone listening. Like, I wonder how tall Martin <laughs> I'm is. five seven. Um, five seven. But are you actually I'm actually five seven, but I always wear heels, so you probably think I'm taller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is true. You do seem very tall. <laughs> Thank you. Someone told me I'm 5'3". Someone yeah. told me I seem taller, and I was like, what? Oh. I feel very petite. <laughs> like, I feel so short all the time, but so very... my, But my roommate's over six feet tall, so maybe that's why. Maybe, yeah. So after this, he does a movie called Nightmares, which is actually four different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in one of them where he's, like, a video gamer, like, at the arcade, and oh, he God. gets carried away. Probably into the video into game. into the yes. game. And then Repo Man, which is a big deal for him. Yes. So this also, Harry Dean Stanton is in this movie. Love. Right, of course. But Harry Dean Stanton weirdly becomes like the patriarch of the Bradback back because he's in a lot of yes. these movies. And he kind of like guides them and sort of like helps them not be dicks like in real life and stuff. But they like hang out with Harry Dean Stanton. I was like, great. And that comes up in the article, too. Maybe we should do an episode on him as a babe. dad him, babe. Him and Cheryl Add, just like old, old celebrities that we don't know anything about. Yes. But we talk about that um, all the time. And in this movie, Emilio Estevez has a crazy, cool earring. I just need to point out when anyone has a dangling earring. Because that's it's very thing. important. It's dangling. Yeah, yeah. It's not a stud. It's dangling. I mean, now that I'm thinking about this, like, St. Almo's Fire, Breakfast Club, there's a lot of pivotal earrings yes was pivotal earrings in cinema (laughs) that's our next series um honestly like a lot of pivotal earrings like plot driven earrings yes huh and then harrison ford out there just doing it on his own not for a role (laughs) yeah and it's like a 70 year old man Let me works let me pierce my ear actually he recently did It was before the Star Wars opening. He did something, and he wasn't wearing his earring, and I panicked. Like, is he okay? Oh, no. He's not wearing his earring. He's not wearing his earring. What's going on? Um, Is he going to die? I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) That's the sign of death, taking out your (laughs) earring. Then in the mid-'80s, back to Emilio, we get The Breakfast Club, obviously, where he plays Andrew Clark. Jock never seemed like a true jock to me. No, um, he was originally cast to be Bender, like the rebel. Uh, they they actually tried to fill the role. They already had all these people. They ended up just switching parts. I don't know. It's kind of messy. But they made uh Andrew Clark was he a wrestler? Right? Yes, he's a wrestler. Because I think originally he was going to be a football player, but he's it seemed not... a little too I don't know, out of character. Yeah, for Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I only really remember his giant monologue in this movie what? where he talks about how he like taped the kids butt cheeks together and, and then, then his relationship with his it's dad. It's all because of me and my old man. God, I fucking hate him. He's like this, he's like this mindless machine that I can't even relate to anymore. Andrew! You've got to be number one! I won't tolerate any losers in this family. Your intensity is for shit! Win! 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 You son of a bitch. You know, sometimes I wish my knee would give, and I wouldn't be able to wrestle anymore. And he could forget all about me. Wow. Always comes back to the dad. Yeah, always. So we went to an LA Kings game once. First of all, the scene where they smoke pot and then they're all super jacked up like and they're dancing and I'm just like, that's not what... That's not what happens for most people. So I'm sure a lot of... No, that's what a Mountain Dew does. Yeah. I was like, I'm sure a lot of people are very confused <laughs> by this scene. But when you go to the LA Kings game, when they try and, like, pump you up, it's the scene where Emilio Estevez is, like, punching the air and, yeah, like, running. He, his dance moves. Oh, my God. Very interesting. But amazing. And, yeah. like, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm hyped. <laughs> like, who knew? Nothing makes me happier than, like, a movie montage of dance scenes. Totally. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> (laughs) one that or like a fashion show yeah they're sort of like Mm -hmm. tit for tat (laughs) or the or the montage of the pivotal earrings of cinema that I'm going to create (laughs) that's what we need (laughs) instead of an immemorium at that next year's Oscars we need pivotal earrings in cinema so okay we go from breakfast club immediately into St. Elmo's fire you always forget always Always forget forget they're back to back like same year well and you have this thing that like that, so, you know, Emilio, Judd, Nelson, and Ali Sheedy literally play high school students and then college graduates. In and like it works. In, back-to-back movies. All you do is put one in a suit. They're adults. They're adults. <laughs> Straight They're up adults. Adults. He's Kirby in this movie. Mm-hmm. Start dating to me more during the filming of this movie. I have some questions to ask about his dating timeline when we get there because... Yeah, it's a little messy. Mm-hmm. Originally, he wanted to play Rob Lowe's character. No, no. 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 You did your earring moment. Yeah, you had your earring. Now that's Rob's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Emilio Estevez really standing out in this film, which is like—it's funny because I agree, but he's the reason they even go to Saint Elmo's yes, in the first place because he, he works there. there. <laughs> so it's like he again—he's like but the he's leader, just like, but what? He's like the gnat at the peach pit. Like they just go. <laughs> just go see him and then they live their dramatic lives oh my god that's like pat it's like he just like sleeps there like he's like your teachers like they just live at the <laughs> yeah. school you don't think they have other lives it's like oh let's go see Kerbo. <laughs> That's super funny. Yeah. um but, So he and Andrew McCarthy play roommates in the movie. They actually live together, and I was like, "That's not really the method acting we need. Like, it's just like." But a lot oh, of people do that. I know the girls kind of are funny. book smart. They live together. I mean, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I like it. But it's just like, all right, we're gonna play roommates. Let's be roommates. Let's, you know, you know, work be real roommates. um So from the breakfast or from Breakfast Club, St. Fires, we get. <laughs> that was then. This is now, um, which he writes. And mm-hmm. actually, that this and um, men at work come up during the article as well. Like he's already kind of like writing these things, like figuring out stuff. Like he's he's trying to like make stuff happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, originally he wrote a script at age seven for an episode of Night Gallery. They I'm denied sorry, what? it. What? <laughs> but he was always determined to be a writer. They do. which is it. very interesting. <laughs> They're like, no, this is. They're like, no, this is written in crayon. Yeah, you're like, you're a first grader. <laughs> um, I think that would be great, actually. If sure, didn't that happen? Probably. Did someone, a kid, write a script? No, I'm thinking of that borderline racist episode of Bewitched that a classroom wrote. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. okay, yes. <laughs> Real tough. Yeah, because <laughs> there's blackface in it. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh, uh huh. Uh, maximum Overdrive is next, Stephen King thriller movie, big failure. I've never even like never even heard of never it. Never even heard of it. Right, same year, Wisdom. Now he wrote and directed this movie and stars in. Really believed in this movie. Yes, coming off enough, coming off the Stephen King failure, and this one didn't do well either. First of all, it's in the genre of romantic crime. What? My favorite Um, genre. So it's kind of a modern-day Robin Hood. It stars Demi Moore. They are dating, and she basically was, like, with him during this whole process. So it started with the idea of just the title, Wisdom. He, like, thought that that would look cool up in lights and, like, sure sure, great. Um, And, you know, it ultimately there's, like, a dream sequence. There's some robbery. Like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like a mess. But— he was essentially, like, the youngest star to write, direct, and act in, a, like, have top billing right. in a major motion picture because he was 26. There were comparisons being made. The sentence is insane. There were comparisons being made to Orson Welles, who wrote, produced, and directed Citizen Kane at 24. Wait, First of all. Wait, I thought he was 23. Orson Welles 20. was 24 when he did this, and Amelia was 23. Amelia was 23, okay. And so people were like, "Oh, is he maybe now like this new Orson Welles?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" Um, <laughs> but I guess Amelia Amelia eh? was like, "No, no, 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 no! Like, please stop talking about that. Like, that's not. I don't want. I don't want to be compared to yeah. Orson Welles." But personal life-wise, things didn't go well after this movie. No, he and Demi Moore broke up. Mm-hmm. All the critics were yeah like bashing this film. He took it really personally. Mm-hmm. It was a l- real low point. Yeah, he was. He definitely was depressed. How do you fix that? You do the movie called Stakeout with Richard Dreyfuss. Have you seen it? No, I love it. I've seen both or just the first well, one. Well, I feel like I've probably seen the one with Rosie O'Donnell, which I errantly said was the first one. It's, it's the, the sequel. Um, but I feel like I've seen it a lot. I also think it's like a movie that was on TV a lot too, and so. I don't know. I liked it. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's not quite a romp, but. No. But it it could almost borderline romp. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, After that, we get Young Guns. All-star cast. bunch of babes in this movie, too. Did not realize it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Like Dermot Maroney. Yeah. Sure. What? Kiefer. Oh, yeah. Kiefer. Mm -hmm. Kiefer. So this movie, Charlie Sheen, also in it. It's the first movie where both brothers are in it and get equal credit. Mm -hmm. Like they're in the main cast. Yeah. Um, Emilio Estevez very depressed during the shoot of this movie. He was going through a really rough patch. So, story here. One night, Lou Diamond Phillips, also in this movie, Babe. decided to play a prank on him to cheer him up. He had the wardrobe department put makeup on a sheep, dress it up, and put it in Emilio's room. <laughs> Based on everything I've read about Young Guns 1 and 2, they love a prank. Love a prank. The set was filled with pranks. So, kind of jealous I wasn't there. Just watching all these like babes in 1988 playing pranks on each other. Yeah.
1: In like Western
0: garb. Yes. Yeah, sure. Bunch um, of hats. Bunch of hats. (laughs) Bunch of hats, bunch of dirt. Great. Uh, And Emilio actually got injured on the set of this film. Uh, So there were blanks that were packed. They were packed, blah, blah, blah. He ended up getting like hit in the face. And they had to stop filming for a short period of time. Dirt Maroney was also shot in the shoulder blade. People like, getting shot. People are straight up shot <laughs> on a set of Young Guns. But I think all of this, like, masculine energy and pranks and just, like, broing out kind of pulled him out of his depression. I mean, sure. Yeah. I get it. Um, so, in, you know, in the 80s, like, he's he's got a bunch of ladies. He, the ladies of the 80s. Ladies of the 80s. He dates Mimi Rogers, which makes a lot of sense to me, actually. And then he dates Diane Lane. Rumored. rumored. Which makes sense they're both young at this time he's dating this model carrie sally for off and on seems like based on the timeline they have two children taylor and paloma and taylor's born in 1984 let's take note of these dates kids yes paloma 1986 he is wait yep he is said (laughs) to be dating demi moore between 84 and 87 so don't know what's going on something's off i googled them they're uh, both very attractive. Um, and I'm just like, oh, they're, these are his only two children, which will, come up, which will come up later. Um, but then he dates Susanna Hoffs. What? Yes. Daphne Zuniga. Yes. She's a babe. Um, and then Marla, Marla Hansen. Hansen. Models. Loves a model, loves an actress. Loves a model. Um, now we get into the 90s Young Guns 2. Did not realize how many sequels. He's a king of sequels. So this is the first sequel he's ever been in. Then he goes on to be in the Stakeout sequel and mm-hmm. the Mighty Ducks series. Right. Um, so we get Young Guns 2. Then we get Men at Work, which I mentioned is mentioned in the Brat Pack article. So he's been, like, working on this for a while. It was originally just going to be called, like, Garbage Men. And I'm like, no, that's yeah. a terrible title. Well, it's title. about two garbage men. I know, but, like— Man, it works better. Um, so he writes and directs this, stars Charlie Sheen, and it's just like, it, I'm always amazed at how long it takes to get a movie made. Even if yes. you're Emilio Estevez and you are in a bunch of movies, it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, that article was written in 1985. He was talking about the movie then. It doesn't come out until 1990. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Then-, then you get Free Jack, which is a movie I've never heard of. Mick Jagger's in it. What? It is about bounty hunters from the future. I might have to see this movie. That sounds terrible. Yeah, but also right up your alley. (laughs) Yeah. But it might be a little boring. Maybe. It could be great. It could be boring. Then you get the Mighty Ducks, which I had to confess was not a big part of my childhood. And that's fine. I, I... I told you I think I'm more of a heavyweights person. Yeah, which I was like, okay. And then when I think about it, I rewatched this movie this week. I didn't remember much about it. Interesting. Also, not as funny as I thought it would be. It's much more heartfelt. Yes, it's there's very randomly heartfelt. a blue balls joke in there though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Don't hate me for saying. Oh, it. I'm not gonna hate you. I mean, no, someone listening might. Oh, probably, but. For me, obviously, like, it's incredibly personal because, like, where it was shot, like, I know people that are extras in it. That's amazing. Like, Adam Banks is from the town. Like, he—they call him a cake eater. That's what people call me. Like, it's incredibly personal. And just like growing up in Minnesota, even if you hate hockey, like it's a part of your life, you just cannot avoid it. And so it's just all the things that, and there's just, you know, little peats in it, like the, you know, peat, yeah, both peat and yeah. And it's just like, I will say in my summer band, we used to do the quack chant. So there's that. Yeah. My one girlfriend, when she would not want boys to talk to her at the bar, would just start quacking. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty great. Um, I just had my mind blown, though, because Jesse Smollett is in this movie. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So Emilio gets offered this role. Apparently, like, Charlie Sheen was offered the role of Gordon Bombay. There have been rumors that Bill Murray was supposed to be Gordon Bombay, which I'm like, what? I could see them pitching it to him. Yeah. This is where—so Jake Gyllenhaal turns down the role of Charlie Conway, which ultimately goes to Joshua Jackson pre— pre-Dawson's Creek, Pacey. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. going on in this movie. Well, let's not forget they become an actual hockey Hockey team. franchise. Yes. And they still are. They're no yeah. longer the Mighty Ducks. They're just called the Ducks. But they were the Mighty Ducks for, like, 20 years. Which is the kind of team I want to support. Yeah. Something that's based on a television movie? or a movie. For sure. And then it spawns two sequels. There's D2 and D3. And in D2... They like go to like the hockey Olympics. Basically, it's like the hockey uh-huh. sort of World Cup situation. They get new people. They come to California. They're on Rodeo Drive, which the one kid calls a rodeo. I don't know. It's just like you common mistake. As a Minnesota youth, we're like so invested in these movies that you were just like, I don't care if they're terrible, they're great, and they yeah, shot they're in my Minnesota. Movies. And you know, this was like. Actually, Minnesota now is a pretty common filming location, but it wasn't then. And so you had this kind of like taste of Hollywood or just like, oh, my yeah. gosh, like I people are seeing it's where like we live. For kids to grow up now, because I'm thinking of like when I was little, I guess I had now and then was an Indiana thing. But yeah. I didn't remember that. And then I watched it in high school and I was like, oh, cool. Right. Uh-huh. But I guess you have. Fictional towns, you get both Parks and Rec and Stranger Things. Yeah. If you're growing up now. Right. They don't actually film there, but still you get to brag about it. Right. I mean, like— Oh, and Erie, Indiana. Right. And, like, the Mary Tyler Moore show, like, that was Minneapolis, but they didn't film there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you have some exterior shots of Minneapolis, but that was it. And then you kind of, like, don't have a lot. And then you get the Mighty Ducks that's, like, so Minnesota. Like, and it just—I don't know. We were all very, very invested But I guess Emilio was even surprised that this movie did well. It made $50 million at the box office. So it made a ton of money. And it made like $50 million in home rental. Like, again, it's just eye candy for kids. You have a bunch of like rough and tumble boys on the key art. And you're like, what's that? Like, this kid's blowing a bubble? What's happening? Like, (laughs) a bubble. Gotta see this movie. Gotta see this movie. In between Mighty Ducks and the sequel, you get a little movie called Judgment Night. He got $4 million for this movie. So he was able to get the larger pay than anyone because he was available when the film needed to either go into production or have the plug pulled. So out of desperation, he got $4 million to do this movie. I want that. Same. Someone pay me $4 million million for desperation. Um, And then by the time you get Mighty Ducks 3, I feel like everyone just wants Emilio to be attached to things at this point. Mm -hmm. So he... Said he would appear in the third movie because I believe he only has a cameo in the third one. Yes, yeah, it's not a big He said he would do it for free. Oh, if Disney would provide three million dollars to do his next movie, which is The War at Home. It's like his dream film to direct and you know, it's trying to live his dreams. Oh, his dad's in it. His dad is in it. Yeah, it's a big deal. And And Kathy Bates, yeah, he also stars in it. Yeah. This um, is movie. This movie actually has like three generations of the family because mm-hmm. his daughter Paloma makes an appearance. Interesting. Um, so it's an, also another Nam movie. It's what? about a Nam vet into Vietnam. Um, now, this time in the '90s, we all may remember he marries Paula Abdul. Now, I need to know what they talk about. Okay, but... What, what were their conversations? Paula Abdul at this time was, like, one of the biggest pop stars in the world. Opposites attract. Which is, like, a crazy thing to say also. But, like, I mean, so you have Emilio Estevez, who's, like, a huge star. Then you get Paula Abdul. They're only married for two years. Yes? This is how we figure out his height. She is She's tiny. tiny. She's tiny. <laughs> yeah, we can do, like, a little... I'm sure there's a measurement thing <laughs> like we can some use. some pictures of them together. yeah. They ultimately get divorced because she wants children. He has two. He didn't want any more. and she doesn't have children. I don't today. believe she does. No, I don't think she does. Um, and so they were together for a while, but only married for about for about two years. Um, and then he also dates Julie Briggs. Hmm. Hmm. That's all I. That's all I have on dating in the nineties. Yeah. Um. So I read an insane stat about Emilio Estevez. Okay. That pound for pound he has the most box office roi of any How? actor well he probably like all these early movies were cheap and then like like you're making you're not making the mighty ducks for a ton of money and then you're making 50 million dollars on top of that like mm-hmm. he so that's probably why people want him attached to things because he's sort of like even if he's not going to, like, make you $200 million, he's 100% going to make your money back. Yeah. And so that, for studios, is incredibly attractive. Interesting. But, like, holy, Like, think about all the star. Like, Tom Cruise? No? Like, okay. That's Emilio Estevez. Mm. <laughs> Like I had no, no one idea. would guess that. No one would guess that. The mighty Dutchman. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Night at the Roxbury monologue about Emilio Estevez was much like. That's how I knew Emilio Estevez as a child. Because of the Night of the Roxbury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we get the two thousands. Now, kind of like a hodgepodge. Yeah. Not on the down low, but you know, just takes projects here and there. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Like I feel like he really likes to work with his family. Mm-hmm. Rated X in 2000, co-stars Charlie Sheen. Um, then he has an uncredited role in the season four finale of The West Wing. Which he plays a younger version of his dad. Right. Um, and it's like, I guess, the second time in their career that they've done this, Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. If you have someone who looks exactly like you and is also a good actor, get him in there. Yeah, like Reese <laughs> Witherspoon, do something with your daughter because... Y'all the same. Y'all the same. (laughs) Y'all the the same. same. The same person. Uh, But really, the 2000s for him was about Bobby in 2006, Mm -hmm. which was written by him. Mm Demi Moore is in it. So -hmm. they're on good terms. Yeah um is ashton kutcher in it he is yeah this cast this was when they were together the cast is insane harry belafonte's in this movie. Lindsay Lohan's in this movie yeah lots of people in this movie um but again it's all about like the days leading up to robert f kennedy's assassination this took him like six years to write like it was very much a passion project yeah but again what's the back like context of rfk vietnam yeah, he loves history. He loves he history. He loves his time in history. Yeah, loves the, the 60s, um, Apparently, this got a seven-minute standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival. Whoa. Do we need to watch this? And he earned a Golden Globe nom. Did good. not win. But, I mean, good for him. He's no, been- I think like, that's the furthest one of his films has gone, so it's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get some TV, some TV directing. hmm He is in one episode of Two and a Half Men. Right. Again, likes to work with family. Yeah. But you get some like CSI New York numbers, cold case. Yeah, that he's directing. Yeah. And then the same year he did Bobby, he got engaged to another person. (laughs) To another person, Sonia. I don't believe they've gotten married, but I think they're still together. I think they're, they're, are are they still together? I don't know. I think they might have recently broke up. Oh, no. I don't know. Um, But yeah, they got engaged in 2006. And then kind of like for the last decade,
1: not pretty much, quiet,
0: pretty quiet. I mean, straight out the gate, like 2010, he did another movie with his dad. It's called The Way mm-hmm. written, directed and starred. Um, and then he's done some voice acting. He's dabbled and he did. Uh, he wrote and directed something called The Public last year, but mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like pre-production, nothing on his IMDb that's like currently being worked on that we know of that we know of. Do you know he's writing something he's 100 percent writing something it's probably about vietnam and like i don't know i mean i feel as if i have like a warm fuzzy f- general feeling about emilio estevez is it mostly because of mighty ducks yeah totally it's mostly because of that and the breakfast club i think um fun little fact though he's very good friends with john bon jovi <laughs> and they've like that. been in each other's stuff like I think John Bon Jovi's in Young Guns too. <laughs> um, like, they definitely used a song. Like yeah. they wanted to do. They wanted to use Dead or Alive, mm-hmm. but he said no for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe wrote an original. He also makes his own wines, as you do. Well, I mean, if you were married to a winemaker, you sure yeah, let's stomp some grapes. If I had the opportunity, sure. Oh man, I just had a very funny mental image of like him and Charlie Sheen stomping grapes, like like Lucy, Lucy in in I Love Lucy, and that just my day it's crazy to me that Emilio and charlie are brothers why do you say so they are so different yeah personality wise i wonder what like the family vibe is now you know what i mean like charlie's like kind of calmed down from whatever manic like period he was having or we just don't hear about it as much i don't know um they do look a lot of like a lot of like but I feel like yeah I see it Charlie went ham right out the gate as like bad boy you know what I mean even just like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah you know so it's like that's kind of where you start and those are mostly the roles that he's had of just sort of like bad boy cad like yeah and then Emilio's always been a little bit more substance a little more heart behind his roles i agree um do you think he was the back in the day babe honestly no you don't, Ooh, is that controversial uh, no i don't I mean think so. he's not my type at all okay also didn't watch a lot of these movies growing up a lot of his movies yeah i think he's definitely not someone you saw in like a bop centerfold you know Maybe not a centerfold. I feel like he was like a little tiny head on the cover. Like, I feel like this was a time where it was sort of like collective attractiveness. Like... You would sort of focus on like a group, like of a people. boy band. Like yes, I like this person. I like so I guess I'll take Emilio, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like oh, Emilio's like my like Joey Fatone or you know whatever. Yeah. Like fine, everybody like has one. Um But I do think because there's like a little bit more to him than maybe some of the other. He's like a smarter babe. He's a smarter babe, and and he he chose he. He didn't want to just be like, oh, I'm Martin Sheen's son, to the point where some people didn't even know for a long Me. time. Yeah, that he was Martin Sheen's son. And he tried to, like, go it his own way, which I think makes yeah. makes him more of a babe. What do you think of him then versus now? Do you think he's changed much? He looks very similar. Unfortunately, we don't see or hear enough about no. him. So it's kind of like you, you, he— He wanders away from from memory for a while. I mean, based on what I've learned about Emilio Estevez this week, he seems to be pretty much about the same. He's always been very driven and Mm -hmm. he's always wanted to work on his own projects. And he's still doing that. Which, again, as someone who grows up in Hollywood or who grows up with somebody who has a very famous father, the fact that you want to do that and not just, like, sit on your ass and drink and spend your parents' money— I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know I had a lot of respect for Amelia Westvez, and now I know. We learned something. We learned something. And he just, you know, he's like such an integral part of my childhood, that it's hard to not like love him. Yeah, for just that. wearing that like suede bomber or that like overcoat. Also, we need just to, as a refresher. He has to coach the team because he drives drunk. Yes, Disney movie, blue balls and drunk driving. Disney movie. Yes. He gets 500 hours of community service for that, which I was like, it feels like a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then they're called the Ducks because of Mr. Ducksworth, who he works for. And then in the weirdest scene of all time, he has to like choose between his youth hockey team or like his high paying lawyer job. Yeah. He gets fired. Like, or he, I mean, he quits, but it's, it's an odd movie when you really break it down, but it's great nonetheless. <laughs> It's great. I'm sticking by the fact that it's great. I I appreciate that you watch it. I appreciate that you love it. And you haven't seen D2 or D3? I don't think so, but they're all on HBO right now, so we can watch them. D2, I kind of love. D3 is kind of trash. Why are they D2 and D3 instead of, like, Mighty Ducks 2? Well, it's very confusing, too, because internationally they change the names. Internationally, the Mighty Ducks is just Champions. Oh, yeah, very different. And then they... In the UK in particular, they change it back to, like, the Mighty Ducks are the champions because then the second one is D2, the Mighty Ducks. And so if you don't have the Mighty Ducks in the title for the first one, it's very confusing. Okay. I don't know. It's great. All right. All right. Emilio. Emilio. Is, is rap. That's a rap on Emilio. That's a rap on Emilio. All right. Tell us your thoughts about the Mighty Ducks. I want to hear them. I obviously love it. If you don't, maybe don't tell me why. Have you seen Emilio Estevez in person you know how tall he is yes can you give us can you give us his height uh send us an email at hellofangirls at gmail.com or find us on social so until next week Bye. bye